Celtics had plenty to be able to uh, overcome New Orleans. 118-112 last night. And uh, they'll make it easy on themselves. And I got to say, some of the comments from Joe Mazzulla that we will get to were uh, were very interesting after last night's game. Uh, is there a chance for you that... Uh-oh, what? That the Celtics have been uh, spending too much time smelling their own farts as to uh, how good they are. Yeah, I would like to think that uh, if you heard the the quick little uh, quote right there uh, by Jason Tatum about, like, the, they will always have a target on their back. They're the number one team, the best team in the NBA. Uh, they have a great home record. Um, they have a great overall record. So, of course, teams that are struggling, teams that are in the middle of the pack are going to try to somehow test themselves. Hey, if you can beat the Celtics and you can keep up with the Celtics, especially in their environment and their home, uh, their home stadium, I mean, that's, that's showing what your next level could be. It is interesting that Zion Williamson after the game was kind of talking about, like, the juice of playing in Boston, whereas... You know, normally it's uh, what Clay Thompson afterwards being like. Oh, those Boston fans yep. said naughty words. Yeah, uh, what a great example you are. Yep. Oh, I play with a guy that punches people in the face. Yeah, I, I think it means something. I still think it means something to beat the Celtics in Boston. Yeah, damn uh, right. And now, and, and, and now maybe, and I, I think it was even a thing when they weren't very good, but they haven't been, you know, bad in a, in a long time, but. Now, even more so. So you get, you get, I look at it as this way. We get to go to Boston and play against the Celtics. It's sold out. The crowd's always into it. The team is really good. They got a ton of great players. This is the test. This is the test. So for the Pelicans, like they were passing the test until they ran out of gas. Until they couldn't, and th- until they 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 couldn't like you know make as many shots as they were, especially in the first quarter where they couldn't miss, and then they and then the, the, the next you know the Celtics woke up, and that's what good teams do. So you give them credit, you know, and then the Pelicans they sit there and go well you know we did our best, but you know, and then the Pelicans they say give them credit for you know being great again. So I, I mean to me it still means something. Especially like, you know, you mentioned the Warriors, those knuckleheads. Well, God. Well, uh, last night was the fifth time this season the Celtics have overcome a a double-digit deficit to win at home. How about that? At home. But what is the common denominator? They were down 17 last night. They were down 21 to Detroit. They were down 15 to Cleveland. They were down 13 to Miami and down 10 to Orlando. And I say, what is the consistent? Because with those teams, Cleveland's going to be a playoff team. Miami has always been tough, but they're just kind of Mets and Mets right now. Uh, Detroit stinks. Orlando is not very good. And this was curious after the game. Joe Mazzula talking about entitlement and maybe his team does need a bit of a wake-up call. I just hope it happens 10, 12 more times so we can get rid of the entitlement that we're always supposed to be winning. So I hope we have to blow leads. I hope all that happens. I really do. And so, like, that's what I think. I think it's just, like, at times we're just supposed to be winning all the time. And it's just not the case. So we have to stay the course. Sometimes you can be losing because you're playing good basketball. It's just not the, the result isn't being achieved. And, like, you could be losing because you suck. Uh, I thought we sucked in the first quarter. I thought we were losing <laughs> because uh, the result in the second quarter. There's a difference there. Like, and so we just have to continue to play. It's really important.
Have you come around on Missoula, especially after hearing stuff like that? Like, very different last year to this year. Yeah, I'm, I I have a soft spot for uh, hardos. Like, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I have a soft spot for hardos, meatheads, you know, hardcore teaching, like, you know, learning from mistakes. Like, and he's preaching that. I feel like he's pushing all the right buttons, pulling all the right levers, oh, and he's saying all the right things, that right? Good lever talk. That's oh, right. I thought I'd incorporate some Red Sox humor into the Does anybody pull a lever at a slot machine anymore? <laughs> Does everybody just press the buttons now? No, no. I actually saw a video of the, of these all like all these gray hair, blue hair, like you know, grandmas, like you know, at some casino, and they were just. Oh, they must That's have been. They they oh, just, they must have been doing the uh, the uh, uh, a slot tournament. Yeah, They're I trying think to that's hit the what button. That's what it is. Whenever just, it's a slot tournament, all they do is sit there and hit the button like a million times. I don't know why they find that joke, but no, I, dude, I will take. I will say this. Um, I'm warming up to him. Um, Good. I mean, I don't know where where you were at with him. Oh, I, mean, I I thought he was unfairly maligned last year, considering it was. Oh yeah, the season's going to start. Hey, you're the guy now. Huh? Like how? How do you the with what club this team over the head so early last year? It became well, Missoula's not ready. Missoula's not this. Well, yeah, he had no. We can see the difference for Joe Missoula this year in terms of having an off season to prepare and the way he, to your point, is whole pulling the levers, pushing the buttons, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, like that yeah. is that is such. A great line that we heard on the sense of entitlement because and then he mentioned yeah we sucked in the first quarter because he could have come out and said yeah we're smelling our own farts we think we're better than we are and instead he had to say it without being insulting i do think it's so entitlement is the same type of word as like uh, that i hear a lot of coaches use is complacency mm-hmm. you just get hey it's just like you just you figure you can just show up and just you know, the other team is just going to be so intimidated and nervous of you that they're just they're they're not going to try. We're as hard. great. All yeah. we have to do is yeah, show, show up, up and try. you know, and just try a little bit. Where how did Belichick not let that set in with you guys? Is it just the whole keeping everyone on edge? Because I mean, even when you got there, they'd won the year before. You get there your first year, you win it. You're about to go back to back. How did that team not sort of start to get full of themselves? Well, I think part of it is the message that the coach constantly has to create new messages, new ways of, I don't know, proving that he's right. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of videos that we would see of guys thinking that they had all the answers, right? Guys massively failing, teams failing when they had a lead and they just <coughs> became complacent or entitled, and even though they had a full quarter left to play. So there was lots of that. That's what I think is key. And with uh, Missoula, it's the same thing. You have to constantly, because the season is so long, they will just naturally want to be done. Mm-hmm. Right? You're just like, all right, can we be done with the regular season? So that, to me, is important. Um, and, and you heard, um, I think the other part is like Jason Tatum. Hey, when teams come in here, they are going to give you their best. They play the Indiana Pacers again. For like the fifth time this season, it it's feels ridiculous. Yeah, it like feels a little much with the yeah. Pacers already. It feels a little much. So, but I think a team like the Pelicans are teams that don't show up here that often. Like they are literally taking it as a challenge, and they are going to give you their best. Now it's up to you to kind of shut them up. And a big part of that was uh, D White. Like with six minutes left in the game, started hitting shots. Tatum taking over. How about this? D White one of nine in the first three quarters, five of five yeah. in the fourth with threes, 
uh, guy ended up having like a a, a, a thirteen point quarter. Or yeah, his because uh, he had been struggling as of late. He hit that three pointer. You could see him like he lifted his heads up. He's like looking to the heavens. He's like, oh, thank you, Jesus! Finally made a shot. Um, so that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, you mentioned Zion Williamson. I hate to like make this about him, but man, that guy's such a bull. I Whoa. mean, he is just like he, now every. I feel like everything was going in for him too, even oh, after it, contact. It, it was nuts. It was, but he is so up and down and helter skelter. You no, just yeah. don't know what you're getting out of that guy. Like that is one of the things I've really come to appreciate about Jason Tatum, is that he has found a way to play at a superstar level. Almost every night. And I know he's a little older than Zion and immaturity and things like that. But, like, you never know what you're getting with Williamson. It's a roller coaster ride. Whereas, when you really think of the elite superstar in the NBA, you kind of have almost like a bare minimum as to what they're going to give you night in and night out. What I thought was interesting because uh, Zion was like, he likes to live in the paint and do the jump stop thing and and all that stuff. But he gets in there and he's so freaking strong. And then uh, he was a couple times he was covering, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, and then he just flew by him. It was so it was interesting to like kind of compare and contrast the two styles. And Zion Williamson is a really good player if he's healthy and consistently out there, which he hasn't been able to do. And I thought that Jason Tatum just was so obviously better and more explosive and more dangerous. Just just getting to the rim. Forget about his yeah. outside game. Just getting to the rim because they both do it. They each do it differently. Very differently. And, and Tatum, was so, he just gets there so much faster. And he just knows what he's doing. And he flew by Zion Williamson a couple times. He was like putting his hand out there I wonder, trying to stop him. I wonder how Zion would do on a team like a Boston. Meaning like you've got other people around you. Because when I look at Zion, it's like, oh, it's kind of got to be all around him or through him. But if you dropped him on a good team, what would a guy like Zion Williamson become? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Give no? me a good team. Give me give me uh, Milwaukee, um, OKC, a team in the West, Minnesota. Well, yeah, I was going to say, say you put him on uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Ooh. you know, Boston, somewhere like that. What about Miami? Kind of how does he – well, that's the thing. Like, how, do, how would he kind of fit in? I feel like – Zion can be an elite player if he's kind of the first option and can sort of lead the way through everything. I don't know. I don't really it think is about interesting. it that much. No, I don't. It was just he's got just the, the great contrast name and the is, number one pick and all that. I know. And it's blowing like, out his shoes. Well, and, and, and nothing the, but hope. And uh, listen, I, I really wish Danny Ainge had just taken Jason Tatum number one overall. Like it's amazing that they slid down two spots and still got Tatum, who was the best player in that draft. But you know, I mean, to have the number one pick attached to Jason Tatum, given the way he's played, grown, worked on his body, become really right now. Jason Tatum is Boston's superstar in many ways. It's him and Marshand at this point.